<laughs> okay. So, title of the lesson is... Um, what did I say that was? <laughs> look, looking for answers. That's what it was. Looking for answers. All of a sudden, I'm thinking comfort. It's like, well, looking for comfort. That ain't right. Looking, looking for answers. Okay. Comfort comes to God. Second Corinthians, as I mentioned before, it's one of those letters that gets kind of neglected, overlooked, and not that many lessons come from that. So... I want to uh, focus in on that this morning. Oftentimes we talked about this in class also this morning. That sometimes we say this is a defense of Paul's ministry. And as we talked about, yes, it is. But there's more to that also. It's not just it is that it's the defense of his ministry. But there's more, more to that. And we take a look at how, how it is that Paul is defending his ministry. Now, I think one of the reasons why 2 Corinthians sometimes kind of gets overlooked or neglected is we just finished with 1 Corinthians. And as you take a look at it, there's certain questions that they ask and Paul gives answers to. And you can kind of just trace that and follow that along and you can kind of outline that letter. Well, with 2 Corinthians, that's a little more difficult to do. And as we've mentioned previously, as you read 2 Corinthians, and as he kind of starts into it, he says Paul, an apostle, and then Timothy, and so forth, to the church of God, which is the Corinth. And then he all of a sudden he starts talking about comfort. It's like, well, wait a minute, how did we get there so quick? And so you have to kind of really stop and think about what is Paul saying? What is he talking about? What is going on here type of thing? In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, or chapter 2, Paul talks about the fact that he was at Troas. There was an opportunity for him there, but he left there. And he was going to head back because he was so concerned about what was going on at Corinth. And he had been waiting to hear word from Titus, come and tell me how things are going there. And when Titus didn't show up when he thought, then he headed for Macedonia. Paul is concerned. He established that church. He has a certain amount of love and affection for them. He's concerned doctrinally about what's happening there, but it's more he's concerned about those people also. And so he wants to know right away what is going on. And so he's looking for answers. And so he's anxious to see Titus. And Titus is going to bring some good news. But even when he meets up with Titus, things still aren't perfect. There are still issues. There are still things that are going on. Now, I want to just mention that for a second. Because what Paul is going to talk about is finding comfort in our trials. Isn't that different than oftentimes what we ask for? Whenever I'm in the midst of some difficulty, you know what I want? I want out. I want God to take it away. And yet when Paul goes to find Titus and Titus brings, and, and Paul's glad to hear from him. He doesn't tell him, don't worry about Paul. Everything's good now. Everything's perfect. No, he says there's certain things that are happening that are good, and Paul is thrilled about that, but there are other things that are still going on. And yet Paul, as he begins this letter, he said, we got comfort from God, and the comfort we received in our trials, we share with others. So you know what that means? Life happens, doesn't it? Life happens. And even in the midst of those trials, those challenges, you can find comfort from God. So stay with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. I'm just going to read this again quickly. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, 
that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which ye ourselves are comforted by God. You see that? We receive comfort in, and the comfort we received, we want to share with you so that you might receive comfort in your troubles. Doesn't God mean God's going to wave his hand and it's just going to all of a sudden be gone? But you can find strength. You can find comfort in these things. And once again, I say, oftentimes what we're looking for is, God, I just, I just want you to take it away. <laughs> and Paul's saying, no, that's not the way it works. And that's not life, is it? And he wants us to understand that. That's just not the way it works. Second Corinthians chapter 7. I want to turn over and show you. Second Corinthians chapter 7 and verses 5 through 9. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, see, so he goes looking for Titus. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. And not only by his coming, but also by the, by the consolation with which he w- which he was comforted in you, when he told us of your earnest desire, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced even more. So what's he saying? I was anxious to hear about what's going on back there. So I left where I was and I headed towards Macedonia, and then we met up with Titus. And did Titus tell me everything's perfect? No, he didn't. But what he did tell me, it says. There's some of you that are doing good. And there's some of you that actually like me. And they're concerned about me also. See what it says? I was concerned about how you saw me, how you felt towards me. I know how I feel towards you. But when Titus came and he told me those things, he didn't tell me everything was perfect, but he told me these things. And we found strength in that. We found encouragement in that. And he said, God who comforts the depressed, the downcast, the downtrodden. Now I want to stop right there for a second. So let's say you're the one that's going to be giving encouragement, okay? You're trying to cheer somebody up. They're going through some hard times. You're a Christian. What are you going to do? Well, I'll tell you what I've done in the past. Now, some of you weren't here at the time. Some of you were. But do you remember 2020? (laughs) How could we forget 2020? (laughs) COVID. (laughs) The pandemic. Tattoo parlors and liquor stores are open, but churches are closed. (laughs) What's wrong with that picture? So during that period of time, I decided I would try to write y'all. Remember that? Remember those emails I sent out? One of those scriptures that I used was taken from Psalms, the fifth chapter, and essentially, kind of to paraphrase, you know what the psalmist is saying in Psalms, the fifth chapter, about verse three? He said, In the morning you you will hear hear my voice, and I will look up. I thought that's good. So, in essence, what he is saying is when you get up in the morning, before you look out at the world, Oh my, it's a mess out there, isn't it? (laughs) Before you get up and look out, the psalmist is saying what you ought to do is to look up. So I thought, well, that's good. (laughs) So hey, brother, sisters, (laughs) send you this email. (laughs) Every day, you know, this thing is going on, this pandemic, all this craziness going on. But before you look out, look up. And I'm like, take care of that one. Is that what you do sometimes? 
somebody's kind of downcast, they're downtrodden, something's going on in their life, let me give you a verse to think about. And isn't that what people do? Really having a tough time right now, right? Things are going bad, right? Don't forget John 3.16. For God so loved the world. You got that? Okay, good. See ya. I'll give you this little tidbit, this little bit of insight. Is that what Titus did when he came and he met Paul? And is Paul saying that was what was recorded? No. You know, I thought about that and I thought, wouldn't that be funny? If Titus came and said, Paul, this momentary light affliction is but for a moment. You need to take off your eyes off the things which are temporal and focus on the things which are eternal. You know what I think Paul would do? He would just go, I wrote that. <laughs> right? So you're going to quote what I wrote? That's not what he said. He said he came. He told us about some things going good. He told me about the affection that some have towards me. And there's still challenges. They're still going on. Life is still happening. I've said this before. When I was at the high school. And kids sometimes they would come and, you know, kids can, you know, they whine about various things, you know. So I would tell them, you got to keep your eye on the donut, not on the hole. Even in the midst of things going bad, there's something good. Always. Always. That is not to diminish the reality of what you are experiencing. Not in the least. But it is to point out where the focus ought to be. This is temporary. There's something eternal that's waiting. I want to turn to the end of the letter. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. I'm going to read verse 10. Paul says, Therefore I write these things, being absent, lest being present, I should use sharpness according to the authority. You know what he's saying? He's an apostle. And he said, but I'm writing these things now because I want this delivered to you. And what Paul is in hopes of, that they'll listen to what he has to say. He's thrilled with the news that Titus brought. I care about these people. These people still care about me. That's not to say that everything's perfect. But I'm writing these things to you, encouraging you. I don't want to come and use sharpness. I could. I'm an apostle. I have the authority. But I'm writing these things now so that that's not the way it will be when I come. That you'll continue to work on those things and you'll do the things that God wants you to do. Which the Lord has given me for edification, not for destruction. I say these things, I write these things, why? Because I want to build you up. I received good news from Titus. That built me up. That comforted me. I want to build you up. God has given me these things. Not to try to destroy you, but to try to build you up. Verse 9. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. And this also we pray that you may be made complete. You know what Paul just said? You know what some had charged him with? He's weak. (laughs) And he said he was coming. He didn't come. 
And he writes these strong letters, but in person, he, he's not impressive at all. And you know what Paul's saying? I'd gladly be weak. Because I don't want you focusing on me anyway. I want you focusing on Jesus Christ. Verse 11. Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. You know what he's saying? Become complete. You know what that means? Become mature. How do you get there? You've got to have your focus on the right things. The things that are happening now, yeah, they're happening. There's no denying that. That's real. That's life. But they're not forever. And there's something that is much better that's waiting. And God is giving that to me and to you. And I want you to see that. And that kind of encouragement, that kind of comfort, that kind of strength will help you get through these things. Do you ever hope in raising kids that they'll be able to handle life? That it won't destroy them, it won't crush them. And that's what Paul's saying. I say these things for your edification, not for your destruction. And we need to listen to what Paul's saying. And you know why we need to listen to that? Why we need that? Because every one of you within the sound of my voice, and including myself, we are in one of three conditions. You are either going through it right now. I know there's people in this room facing some tough things. You are either going through it right now. Or. You just got through it. Have you ever looked back on life and said. Let me tell you. That was a rough patch. Right. See, so sometimes we're in it. Sometimes we just got past it. And the rest of you, (laughs) whoever that might be, here's the condition you're in. Get ready. Because it's coming. Life happens. Let me throw this in there too. Just a little plug of mine. You know, one of the reasons why I encourage people to be here for Bible study on Sunday morning and Wednesday evening? Because you are in one of those three conditions. Either you are in it, or you just got past it, or you better get ready for it. Because if you're not, it can crush you. And you know why God gave us each other? Because we need each other. So that's why. So we need to remember that. Paul says, Titus came. (laughs) He brought news. Good news. We were encouraged by it. Wasn't everything was perfect. But God's working in that church. God's still working today. Listen to the news. The whole world is is going downhill. (laughs) But you got to stop and think. God's still in control. He's still in control. Second. Whose fault is it? 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble. See what Paul is saying. I need to let you know what's been going on with us. And you said I didn't come when I was supposed to and all these. Well, you need to understand why. You need to know what's going on with us. And if you come to understand what's going on with us, and if you come to understand how we've been encouraged, you know what? These things will be beneficial for you too. For we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, for of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, 
above strength, so that we despaired even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. You know what he said? That's an apostle writing that. And when we were in Asia, I don't know what all was going down there. I do know of an occasion when he was in Ephesus and the riot that took place there and all those kind of things. But Paul is saying, we were in such a strait. <laughs> we were in such a situation. We thought we were going to die. And he said, I didn't know what to do. The only thing left, I got to look to God. Do you know sometimes God wants us to get there? When you've got nothing left but God, then you finally found the answer. God is enough. That's the answer. So Paul's saying, there's two sides to that coin. See, on the first side, we despair. We could die here. But then on the other side, what I learned was not to trust in self, but to trust in God. That's where God wanted him to be all along. That's where he wants us to be. And so Paul is sharing that with them. You may get there too. And this can be encouraging to you. Second Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ. That the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh, so then death is working in us, but life in you. What did he just say? (laughs) We carry about in our body the death of Jesus Christ. What's that mean? I know he died. I know he died for me. I also know he was resurrected. I know that through him I could have forgiveness. And even if I die, it's not over. I'll live again. And so Paul's saying, we carry that bout so that his dying might be manifested in our flesh. His life might be manifested in our flesh. What makes you, Paul, so confident? Why are you not wringing your hands now? He was previously. About dying. What did Paul say about that? Second Timothy. He said, I'm being poured out. I know I'm going to die. But I also know I'm going to live. So Paul says... I came I came to learn that. Let me give you a little illustration. See, sometimes we look at people and we see things going on in their life and we sometimes wonder in our minds, I wonder how they're going to handle this. How will they do? And we watch to see. And so it's the camera is focused on them. You know what I'm saying? It's like the lights, the camera, you're in a difficult situation. How are you going to handle it? But then the camera moves. And guess who it focuses in on? Me or you. And it's lights, camera, action now you're on stage now the focus is on you you see that 
Paul saying when the camera was on us, this is what we came to realize. So this is the way we responded. Because one of these days, you're either in it, or you just got past it, or get ready for it. The camera's going to be on. How are you going to handle it? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 4. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, as unknown and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Listen to verse 11. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is open wide. You see what I'm saying? All these things that have happened, all these things that have been said about us, we commend ourselves. God taught us something. We came through it. I'm sharing this with you. This is the way I'm responding, and this is the response I want from you. Oh, Corinthians, our heart is open wide to you. In 2 Corinthians 7, he says, When we came to Macedonia, we had no rest. See that? Even at that moment, he was stressed. But in the midst of that stress, Titus showed up. And he talked to him about what's going on. Well, Paul, did that just get rid of all your problems? <laughs> Everything just good now? <laughs> no. But Titus told me about you. Let me ask you something. Does it bring joy to your heart, even when you are in the midst of troubles, to hear that there are other Christians that are fighting the good fight? Stand faithful. Yeah. Yeah. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 29 is a passage that, it is one of those passages that 2 Corinthians sometimes get preached on because that's where Paul talks about how many times he was shipwrecked, how many times he was beaten, and all those different things that he went through. But in those things, in those trials, Paul found his defense. Can you see that? So these people are concerned about me. They're concerned about whether or not my character is what it ought to be. They're wondering about what I've been doing, why I haven't come, why I write but I don't show up in face. And when I do show up face to face, I don't talk as strong in person as I do when I write. And so Paul is saying, you know, since I've been gone from there, all these things have happened. And now you know what I'm going to write to you? I'm going to write to you what's been going on in my life. I'm going to write to you about what God has taught me. I'm going to write to you about how encouraging it was for me when Titus came and told me that you are still striving. And I find comfort and strength in that. And so now I'm pouring my heart out to you, sharing my life with you, so that it might be an encouragement to you. I went through it. 
God helped comfort me, got me through it. I learned it. Now I'm sharing it. You can benefit from it. And God is glorified. Don't you see that? First thing we have to realize is that when bad things happen, it's not God's, it's not God's fault. So stop and think about this for just a moment. Clear back to the beginning, Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, right? And so at the end of chapter 1, it says, And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. So Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 is really kind of a snapshot of how God originally set it up. And how it could be. But then something happened. Genesis 3. And do you remember who showed up? Satan. And so Satan's asking about, has God given any commands? And to kind of cut to the chase, yeah, we can eat of any tree, but don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for the day you eat of it, you're going to die. So now they have a choice. They have a choice. Are you going to listen to God or are you going to listen to Satan? Are you going to do it God's way or are you going to do it your way? And we know the rest of the story, right? They decided it would be good to listen to Satan. They decided to take charge of their own lives. We'll do it our way. And so we would ask, how'd that work out for you? We know how that worked out. They made a choice. They were going to do it their way. And you know what we call that? We call that sin. You know what sin brings? Ultimately, it brings death. It brings a lot of pain. Doesn't it? Sin brings pain. Yeah, we can look at Satan. And we could say that he tempted. But ultimately, they had to make a choice. And so we do too. Right? And so sin brings pain. And sometimes that pain is a result of my choices. Sometimes that pain is a result of other people's choices. You know that? But the one thing that we got to get straight it's not God's fault. So we have to be honest. Sometimes the difficulties in life are a result of the choices that we have made. Have you ever looked at somebody else and saw things that are going on in their life and then you have said or you might hear someone say, well, it's their own fault, right? Seems like it's easy for us to look at others and say that about them. It's not quite as easy to look at ourselves and say that about our el- ourselves sometimes. Sometimes we're going, what is going on? And sometimes people even want to blame God. Why doesn't he just stop this but you know what God did he gave choice he gave choice and those choices can lead to a lot of grief they can lead to a lot of pain but if we don't have the choice to tell him no that we're just a computer program. And that's not what we made. So in choosing, and when people choose God, you also see the beauty of that choice. 
So what we ought to do is when we're in the midst of those trials, look up. Ask Jesus. Pray to Jesus. Help me find a way of escape. So, talking just practically for a moment. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm going to turn back to again. This time I'm going to read verses 2 through 5. Grace to you. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so also our consolation abounds through Christ. So where does comfort come from? It comes from God. But here is something that we've got to notice. Who does Paul write to? He writes to the church of God, which is at Corinth. He's writing to Christians. And he's telling them, about the comfort that comes from God. And do you know what that means? That means that those promises are not for everybody. Ever thought about that? It's amazing. I told you earlier, as Christians, sometimes we kind of think, well, if somebody's going through some difficulty, we just want to give them a passage. <laughs> there you go. And actually, they need more than that. Right? But at the same time, sometimes people will be going through difficulties and things like that, and, and, and they may quote passages. Do you know anybody who's like not a Christian and yet they'll say they have a favorite passage from the Bible? Here's one that a lot of folks like to use. Matthew 7 and verse 1. You know what that says? Judge not that ye be not judged. <laughs> a lot of folks like that passage. <laughs> you know, you get in a difficult situation. It's kind of like, hey, you know, maybe the reason why you're in this spot is because of what you did. And they're going... Judge not, that you be not judged. You know, don't don't tell me. That's that's kind of a favorite one. You know, another favorite one. Romans eight and verse twenty eight. All things work together for good. Stop right there. You know, well, wait a minute. What's the what's the rest of that passage say? To those who love God. And are called according to His purpose. Verse 29, you've heard me quote this before. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son. Who is God working things out for? Those who choose to follow after His Son. Does He offer that to everybody? Yes. But he wants us to follow his son and work all things for good for them. Can we see that? So if you want the comfort of this passage, you want to know the very first thing you gotta have. You have got to have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and you've got to know what that means. Because people will just say, oh, I have a personal relationship with Christ. (laughs) Sometimes I want to pull my hair out. It's like, how? How is that? Are you in a covenant relationship with Him? Because that's the way God works. And the way to get into that covenant relationship with Him is you have to be born into that covenant. 
And that seed has to be taught you. That seed has to be planted in your heart. And that seed has to bring forth fruit. And a desire to enter in to a covenant relationship with God. That's who Paul's writing to. Proverbs, the 28th chapter, verse 9 says, One who turns his ear away from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. You don't want to listen to God? Then don't pray to me. That's what he's saying. So these promises are for those who are in a relationship with Him. And we need perspective. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 17 and 18 again. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Realistic expectations flow out of seeing things clearly. Seeing things clearly. That's not denying reality. There are things in this life that hurt. And they hurt big time. Was there anything that hurt Paul? Yeah. And yet he writes, for our light affliction. You mean when you were beaten three times? 39 lashes each time? Light affliction? When you suffered a day and a night in the deep, you were shipwrecked three different times? Imprisoned? Lied about? Mistreated? Persecuted? To the point you thought you were going to die? That's light affliction? And Paul's saying, it's working out a far greater weight of glory. Comparatively speaking, is what he is saying. He's not denying reality. What he is saying is comparatively speaking. We'll come to understand that is far greater than what we suffer now. Perspective is what Paul is saying. If you're going to get comfort, you also got to have perspective. So let me give you this illustration. There was a young lady, college age, went off to college. Left a good home. And towards the end of the semester, her parents received a letter from her. And she started off by saying, Dear Mom and Dad, you may want to sit down before you read the rest of what I have to say. They took a deep breath and they think, oh boy. She said, I know I left home and, and came to school, and, but during that time, I, I've made some bad, bad choices. And I moved in with a young man. And now, I'm going to have a child. I'm broke. I'm coming home. And they were like, oh my. And then in the next line, she said, just kidding. (laughs) I wanted to let you know I'm getting a D in algebra. (laughs) She said, I didn't know how to tell you that, but I thought maybe this would help soften it. All of a sudden, oh, D, fine. That's good. As long as none of that other stuff's true, changes your perspective, doesn't it? Well, Paul's not saying that none of this other stuff isn't true. But he is saying you need perspective. This is momentary, comparatively speaking. 
and this affliction. Compare that to the weight of glory. You'll be glad you toughed it out. What Paul is saying is that perspective has got to be real. You don't bury your head in the sand and you don't overblow it. Because sometimes people will live in denial. It's like, oh no, it's nothing. No, that's a big deal. Or we'll say that, oh, don't worry about it. (laughs) It's like, no, I ain't worried about it. You know, somebody says, I'm losing my job. I don't know how I'm going to put food on the table for my family. That's a big deal. Somebody says, I just came from the doctor. This is really serious. That's a big deal. And you know what? It may not go away. So Paul is saying, you've got to have perspective. This life is temporary. That is eternal. Now we suffer. Then we won't. But the main thing is you need to be in a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And this is the way to do it. And you have to have perspective. Paul went through all kinds of difficulties. And he's talking about some of the things that he learned. And he's then sharing that with them. So that they might be comforted also. So very quickly, as we kind of try to wrap this up. There's kind of three clarifying points that come out of 2 Corinthians, but actually out of the Bible. First of all, when things are going bad, things are going wrong, and there's a lot of tragedy within the world, first thing is don't blame God. That's not the place to start. And then secondly, make sure you have perspective. This life is not the end. And then thirdly, you've got to have a personal relationship with God. And you've got to understand how that comes about. And if you need to know more about it, I'd be glad to talk with you about that. Because it's not just saying, oh, I love Jesus. Jesus said, why call me Lord, Lord, and then do not the things which I say. Peter mentioned in one of his letters over in the fourth chapter, he talked about those who suffer according to the will of God. Not all suffering that comes to your life is just necessarily God's will. Sometimes you do things, and that's your fault, not his. (laughs) Sometimes other people do things that brings pain to your life. And then sometimes God allows or brings things for your benefit. Do you remember what Paul said about a thorn in the flesh? And why was that? That I might not be exalted. (laughs) Paul, you could start to feel pretty good about yourself. All the things that I've blessed you with, the spiritual gifts that I have given you, the things that you have been able to see. So I gave you that thorn in the flesh. Sometimes we need to be humble. Secondly, there's a question that we ought to ask ourselves in the middle of trials How can I still do good? Because sometimes when pain comes, we want to blame somebody else. Or sometimes when pain comes and we think it's their fault, you know what we want to do? I'll get even. And Paul's saying, you know, don't do that. How can I still be good? The way of escape is always the way of obedience. You keep following God. And then here's the final. Sometimes you meet people who have gone through some really difficult things. And maybe you've known people like this. And they become defined 
by the thing that they've gone through. I knew a guy a number of years ago because of physical ailment. He lost, he lost a leg. That guy became sour. <laughs> he became bitter. And life's no longer worth living. And just all kinds of things. And then I knew this other guy. He went to Vietnam. He lost both legs. I never seen a guy so cheery and happy in all my life. <laughs> I knew him in California. And he would come in, his car was all fixed up so he could drive with his hands because he didn't have any legs. And, and he would throw the door open, he'd reach it back, flop out this wheelchair, and he'd hop in that thing and he's off, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Some people get defined by what happens to them. Some people get shaped by what happens to them. What the Lord wants to do is to shape us, to mold us into what? Into His image. Bad things happen, but God is in control. And if we recognize that, He can use it He can use it to shape us. So let me close with this thought. Somebody a long time ago had a really, really bad Friday. And you know what he did? He trusted his father. And he brought him through it. That's why we can have good Friday because of his bad Friday. I see that. Trust God. Comfort come from him. Perspective. Let him shape you. Don't let the situation define you. Looking for answers. Second Corinthians. I want to extend the invitation to any and all that are here this morning. If we can help you in any way and make your relationship right with the Lord, let us know while together we stand and while we sing.